Tonight, somehow, Hoff Topics has returned. And we hear arguments for and against the Starship Vessel's astro-navigator, Geode. Does he actually rock, or have we been taking him for granted? Jedi Council member Yariel Poof and astrogeologist Tarla Maddock failed spar off in our weekly community courts. These stories, and more, at 11. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars and... Oh, there's a moth on my window. I'm very distracted. Sorry about that. Boy, has it been a while since we have been here talking to you, the listeners, and to each other about Star Wars. My name is Ian. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, John. John, how you doing? I'm also John. This is true. I'm also distracted by the moth on your window. That's kind of weird, considering you can't see it, and that is terrifying. Anywho, uh, <laughs> moths are drawn to the light, and much like light, we are drawn to Star Wars things. And there is a lot of Star Wars stuff to talk about today. And I figured we would start with, where where have we been? Why why has there not been hot topics? Like, in general? Cause, oh, okay. Because there's, there's multiple answers to that question. One's a little bit easier. Uh, and it was only four days. And then the other one was two years, a year and a half. Who knows at this point? Something like that. I don't, uh, I honestly don't know how long it's been since we did our last podcast. I, I, I know we haven't recorded since we've been in the place that we currently are at. Right. So it's been at least six months. <laughs> oh, uh, minimum. Definitely but... further. But long story short as with many things that can happen life got in the way of recording fun combination of john and roommate mike no longer having an apartment to live in combined with ian getting his emt license certification license yep certification and yeah getting a super fun never see the sun job yeah, I work overnights now, which has made it very difficult to have the energy to do a podcast during those times. But I'm used I'm kind of like used to it now, so hopefully we'll be we'll be doing more coming up here soon. As mentioned about 6 months ago, when I said we hadn't recorded from this place, uh Ian and I ended up moving in together and roommate Mike moved up north an hour and a half or so. So, you would think that living within five steps of each other, our room from our rooms being separated, would encourage us to record more often since we are around each other more often. Yeah, it's uh, it's weirdly no. had the opposite <laughs> effect. There's there's been times in the last like two years where we've just been like, Hey, you wanna record like later? We can just hop on the computer and like do record a podcast. And then the other person goes, yeah, sure. That sounds like a good plan. And then we just lays about and not really get it done. And then it gets to a point where it's like, ah, you know what? We'll do it tomorrow. You know, we've got no, we've got time. Like, you know, we, we can do it tomorrow because it's not like we're not going to be in the same place tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and nothing ever happens. And it, so, it doesn't help that Ian's beginning of the day is my end of the day. So our, our brains are at two different points when we're usually awake at the same time. Right. 
my brain is usually in, I need coffee because I need to wake up before I go to work. John's brain is like, I don't want to think or do anything. I've just need, been at work all day. <laughs> my brain's in an, I need caffeine so that I can go to sleep quicker. Right, because you have an alien physiology. Correct. Speaking of aliens, however, we did get to see a number of aliens and other Star Wars-related things at Star Wars Celebration this what last... A, what a transition. Yeah, I know, right? Segways, I'm all about them. <laughs> we went to Celebration this past week, and we're recording this on Monday the 30th, the day after Celebration ended. We got back yesterday. And had a day to process the event and look back on it. And there was a, certainly a lot to talk about. So, John, you, I'm interested to get your takeaway from this convention because I am not a veteran con goer like you are. Like, mm -hmm. I have less experience with conventions. I didn't even start going to cons until really I moved here to California. I think I went to maybe like one or two really small ones in Idaho when I lived there but nothing on this sort of scale. So uh, walk, walk me through your 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 Star Wars celebration. How did it go for well, you? This was the first Star Wars celebration that uh, I've been able to go to. I, and in all honesty, I probably wouldn't have gone to it if it wasn't in Anaheim. Right. Solely because most of my family lives in Anaheim. So it's pretty easy to get a place to stay for free up there. And the, uh, the, the and I, being at the Anaheim Convention Center made, made it very easy because uh, that's a convention center that I've been to many, many, many times for uh, WonderCon over the past few years. As far as other cons go, I, I think the best comparison for me would be San Diego Comic-Con, which is something I've been lucky enough to get be able to get into since like 2005. It's it's kind of strange because I'm still having mixed feelings about it. At San Diego Comic Con, you can expect to see a lot a lot more variation in the exhibit and the vendors, just from the nature of it being a multimedia um, event mecca. Basically, it's crazy how big San Diego Comic Con has become and like the direction it goes every year. Uh, right. Where where Star Wars Celebration, I kind of knew going in that 99.9 percent .9 of what we're going to see on the floor was going to be Star Wars related. There were obnoxiously more panels that I would be interested in if it was at WonderCon or San Diego Comic-Con. But because they were all Star Wars related and all in one place, like I didn't find myself being pulled towards wanting to see a ton of them. I know a lot of people go to cons and they want to get into the big panels and see the big superstars or superstars. I've been watching too much wrestling. Uh, see yeah. the big celebrities and actors and... I've never really been that. I've, I don't really care about autographs. I don't really need to get my picture taken with a celebrity. I don't need to see them on a stage from 400 feet away. And I also don't like standing in lines. The last time I stood in a long line at a con was for the Force Awakens panel at San Diego Comic-Con. And my friends and I stood out overnight to get into that panel. And the nice thing was J.J. Abrams bought us donuts in the morning. So that was cool. Or allegedly right. bought us donuts. Someone just brought boxes of donuts and said they're from JJ. I just started ranting. Um, I kind of like want to go over the things that I didn't like first, and just to, just to get that out of the way. Yeah, because I, I don't the... I don't want the takeaway from this to be I didn't enjoy myself. I'd rather just end it on the things that we enjoyed and liked about the experience. Sure. Um, things that I didn't enjoy as much. 
Uh, like I mentioned, I felt like the exhibit hall and the vendor booths were very limited. And it felt a lot like if you weren't a toy reseller, you had to have a Star Wars, like a official Star Wars license. So we'd see things like Volkswagen was there showing off uh, their VW bus that was one Jedi one and then one Sith Empire one, which I thought was kind of a cool touch, kind of like a deeper cut to those that have never, haven't seen anything that wasn't one of the movies or shows. Mm -hmm. That's like a logo you'd only see in the old legends or if you're playing Swotor or Quotor. So that was, that was a cool thing to see. But like watch companies, Seagate selling hard drives, things like that. Like it, it doesn't interest me. I don't really care about having a microwave that has baby Yoda on it or something. I was, <laughs> I, what I wanted to see was. What about a microwave with baby Yoda in it? That's terrifying. You don't microwave <laughs> babies in. What I was really hoping to see was the independent pin makers are um, an artist alley type thing with a lot of smaller artists making their custom works. I was really hoping to find prop makers and costume makers that were selling stuff. I really wanted to come home with a cool prop or a costume replica. And the only costume I mean, booth that was there was, uh, keep calling them a Novos, but they're not a Novos anymore. They're like Duo Novo uh, Nuevo. Nuevo or something. Yeah. Uh, Dino Novo, which I believe took over the license and has some of the, I don't want to say prototypes or molds, but I think that's kind of what I'm going for, for the old Novo stuff. They have the official license, so their helmets are, you know, $600 or whatever. I was thinking, oh, I really like the Novos Imperial Officer uniform. The Dino Novo one, it, it doesn't look as high quality as the Novos one, just in my opinion. So that, that, that was kind of a letdown that like the things that I would be more interested in buying were not something that was available. Right. I mean, we did pick up some Black Series figures, but I was expecting there to be toy vendors there. Actually, relatively nice prices, which was really surprising because I have bought action figures at cons before and they mark them up like crazy. The place we bought our toys, uh, Dark Side Toys. They did. They kept everything pretty much MSRP, which was super cool. Yeah, one of the reasons I feel like they were able to get away with that is that they they clearly had, like, if you looked to where they were, they had boxes upon boxes upon boxes of direct from the manufacturer. Like, yeah. they bought the whole box from those people. So I think that's kind of one of the reasons why the prices were low there. And the well, other I thing know. that I thought, too, was that they might be able to keep them low because they knew they were going to sell a lot of that merchandise to this specific yeah. specific crowd. And I know they're also a pretty prominent online retailer. Like, I, right. I get ads for them all the time from different Twitter and Instagram accounts I follow. Nice. But as I'm talking about the things that I didn't like, I'm realizing that there was nothing there that really pulled me to spend money. Right. Like, I'm thinking as I'm talking, like, what are the other things that I didn't enjoy? And all of, all of it was... There wasn't a thing that I wanted to buy, which I guess is good because you can blow you know, hundreds of dollars at a con and not realize it. Right. Uh, like I was telling you, I spent more money parking than I did in the con. <laughs> but that being said, too, there there's more to looking at those vendors than just coming away with something that you buy, right? 
when you have those artist alley type things, those prop makers, when it when it's something that piques your interest, you might not walk away from every booth purchasing something, but you'll see something and be like, oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's how they made that. Especially considering your brain is definitely geared more towards the crafting aspect and the costuming mm-hmm. aspect and the prop making aspect like and i i agree with you that w- with the exception of the costuming groups themselves that were there like the 501st rebel legion mando mercs etc there wasn't a lot there to pique that crafter's interest at least on the show floor yes i absolutely agree with you on that and was there anything that you didn't care so much for for, for uh, the things I liked. It's not it's not necessarily things I I didn't care for, but more along the lines of like I got enough experience at the con to kind of know how I would want to do this con again if I were to go to another celebration for 4 days because mm-hmm. I definitely felt like once you walked the show f- for 2 days, you really didn't need to walk the show floor again for any other reason. It was niche enough that there was not a huge ton of stuff. You know, it was it was again, it was 2 days worth of con walking that you could see there. That's great and that's a lot, but if that's where you're spending most of your time at the convention, and you get over it after two days. Uh, uh, I I am someone who might enjoy like uh, going to one of those really large panels or getting a getting an autograph from someone. And I think that if I were to go again for four days or more than more than two days, trying to get into one of those big panels, like planning on standing in a line all day or planning on getting in line for an autograph, like dedicating a day to do something like that instead of just walking around the show floor for the fourth time. That's something I would do differently next time. And then the other thing I kind of learned, and this is something you tried to warn me about, but didn't, I didn't necessarily like process it until we had gone to a couple of the panels is like, you have to really look deep into what certain panels are before you go into them. Cause there there was, there was a, there was one panel we went to, which was, uh, it was like an overview of the, the old Republic. And I ended up really enjoying the panel towards the end because it was put on by a old Republic costuming group. And they started talking about cosplaying different characters and talking about what they loved about SWOTOR. But the, the first part of it was basically like information I already knew about <laughs> the old Republic. So it was kind of like you, you really got to dive deep into those panels and really find ones that you end up enjoying you got to just put a little bit more focus into that so i think that that's something i would do next time is really plan out my celebration more ahead of time instead of just kind of going with the flow with it and and to kind of go back to your 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 or you're saying about the panels um it's not that that panel was bad in any way. Like the people no, that no, were no, hosting no. it, like you could tell they put a lot of work into it. And the people that host, you know, the, all these panels in general, they're putting a lot of work into these things. But you got to be careful when you're reading them because it might be, I might say something that you think is what it is. But if you're not careful, it's going to be something that uh, you're going to find very boring if it's things you already know. An example for me, not at this con, but at a few Wonder Cons, my friends and I went to different costuming panels that all turned out to be charity drives with no talk about costuming, even though that's what their description said. And ever since then, I have been very jaded when it comes to actually going to panels. Yeah. Because I, I have been fooled before by costuming groups. 
<laughs> the, the fact that that one was put on by a costuming group was a nice surprise because I was like, oh, maybe they'll maybe they'll talk about costumes, and then they did, which was cool. Yeah, it it was a, it was a very cool group, and they were they were very uh, passionate about that era, which is right. something I I really liked. Like there was a one of the hosts of the panel. I'd actually seen her wandering around the con earlier, and she was wearing the Under Armour suit that. If you play any of like the the Knights of the Old Republic, the the original Knights of the Old Republic games, if your character isn't equipped with anything, they have this sort of like underwear bodysuit thing that they wear. And she was walking around in that and holding like a, a vibro sword. And I'm looking at this, I'm just like, oh, I totally get that reference. And I was able to tell her after the after the panel, I was just like, I understood that, and I wanted to like stop you and tell you before. But that's a great costume. That's like super unique, super deep cut. Yeah. So they were all very, very passionate about it. And I actually stopped at their table afterwards to kind of talk more about the uh, what they do as a group. So, yeah, good stuff there. I, I liked that. Get the not so positive stuff out of the way first, because there yeah. there is a ton. There's a ton to love about Star Wars Celebration. A- absolutely. Um, uh, I did not want to rant and rave about all the stuff that I did love and then end it on a. But it could have been better, like, to get the, it could have been better out of the way and then start with how, why it was, why it couldn't be better. Yeah, it could probably be better. It'll probably get better every year. Because right. Star Wars. And that's, that's also something, Bottom too, pump? to think about as well, is this is the first con back from the, the pandemic situation. And for all we know, there might have been big plans to have more stuff there or more people or more vendors, and it just didn't work out because of getting this reorganized. That's that was a theory, a, but that was one other thing that I didn't like is in the FAQ about like what what the rules and regulations were for the con were, it did mention that masks would be mandatory. And as soon as you got out of the line to get in, it was never enforced by anybody. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I thought that was weird. Uh, yeah. And kind of that... discouraging because I'm already seeing on Twitter people with positive COVID cases from the con. Right. And you and I kept our masks on. The yeah. Whole and I think time. it was I think it was annoying to me because I had made custom masks to match the costumes I was wearing. Right. Yeah. There. It was it was that was a, that was that... a 1 a.m. night that I could have dedicated to finishing my mud trooper on time well i mean the good news is both of us will probably not have tickets to the backstreet boys reunion tour <laughs> that's a i hope not because i work in healthcare, and if i buy if i have a headache i'm home for two weeks yep same here <laughs> i i am i also oh, work. yeah you are healthcare. <laughs> i am healthcare. <laughs> we are we are we are we are actual healthcare adjacent I, not only am I healthcare, but I'm also hospitality. I am both of those things. Hospitaler and hospitality. Yep. So. Hospitality. Uh, <laughs> I know why it wasn't enforced, because it's kind of impossible to enforce that when it's that mm-hmm. many people just ignoring it. Because half the people that were there just took their masks off immediately upon coming inside. Right. And it's just like, come on, guys, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to get other people sick. It was terrifying, too. I got a text like while we were there from the the Red Cross saying, Ed, the the San Diego County is or not Red Cross, but it was my uh, 
my doctor's office network and they're just like, yeah, there's going to be a, another surge in, in Southern California. Be prepared. I'm like, Oh God. So yeah, that was annoying. So with, with all, with all that, the bats out of the way, let's, let's go day by day. Sure. So for Thursday, I was in my general beers costume, just technically a captain, but no one understands rank systems in Star Wars anyway. And Ian, you were in your stormtrooper officer, right? Yep. I remember us getting in a weird argument about this and then me realizing four days later that you were right. Uh, In my brain, Navy officers wore black and Army officers wore green, but it's army and navy wear green only the stormtrooper officers wear black right and i think you're trying to get that point across to me but i my brain would refuse to acknowledge that if it makes you feel any better i do not remember this whatsoever <laughs> i think it, it had something to do with nita and veers anyway when we first was... walk in you you walk into the celebration live stage area which you're greeted when you're coming up the escalators by a life-size tie fighter Right. I thought it was kind of cool that they put all the club groups all in one area with theme tables around the Celebration live stage. So it all kind of right. looked like uh, Navarro. And every time we walked into Navarro, I would say, Navarro going here again. And then I would laugh and laugh. And everyone wanted to be my friend. Sure, that's how that went. <laughs> it it totally it totally didn't go. John said that every time he saw the stage. And I just went, ugh, and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. No, definitely not at high all. fives. High fives all around. Um, yeah, they had they had the the massive life size Tie Fighter. Some of the the clubs had like interactive photo opportunities. I guess photo um, op that we did not take advantage of, and I am no. still mad about that. So they, uh, I believe, it was the Rebel Legion built a Echo Base diorama set. Go set, yeah. and. If you go to our website, hottopicspodcast.com, uh, you'll see an image drawing that our, uh, our friend did. Me and my Veers gear, Ian and his Stormtrooper officer gear, with Hot Topics in the background. And we could have reenacted that shot in Echo Base. And we didn't think about it that until like three days later. Yep, we thought about it after we had completely already put away all the other costumes like it was dumb we were dumb (laughs) uh the good news is though i feel like that is a set that they'll probably bring back to either comic-con or WonderCon or something because i i know i know that they had uh like the rebel legion also had a endor bunker a set that we've been to before at a different con at WonderCon. So, yeah. Yeah. And the Mando Mercs had their uh Mandalorian throne room and, and a, jail. And jail, which was cool. And the jail, like there were signs everywhere that said use flash because apparently they used some like photo light sensitive reactive tape or paint or something on the bars. So if you used your flash, it would reflect and make it look like energy bars, which was cool. My brain's shutting down. Like, what else did we do on Thursday? There were also the cars in that area, the custom cars that everybody had done up with droids sticking out of them and stuff. The only one that mattered was the Star Speeder. And right. I'm sure we'll talk about that one for the Friday. On, uh... on Thursday at the celebration stage, we did get to see the Andor trailer kind of with a, a crowd of people. That was kind of cool. Warwick Davis come out to introduce the, the Willow trailer, which was which was kind of neat. We saw that on Thursday. 
that that's uh, one little nitpick I had about the celebration stage. I wish there was like the celebration live stage. Yeah, the celebration live stage. Uh, the one thing that I wish they had with the live stage was like a post somewhere. They're like, hey, yeah, we're going to be on on the live stage like at these times. So you could show up and be there around the same because it all seemed kind of willy nilly and not timed at all mm-hmm. like it would be really cool to have been there when hayden and ewan came out to talk on it but there was no way of knowing when they were going to be on live and by the time we like had gotten back to the stage they were done <laughs> yeah then we explored the uh the show floor the hasbro booth did something cool where they revealed new things every day so every day you'd go to the hasbro booth and they'd they'd have a case set up for like all the stuff they announced we met uh a, a very special friend of the podcast on thursday as well john yeah in fact i wish it hadn't happened on thursday because it probably was like the best part of the con <laughs> and all and for various reasons, and I can get into like towards the end when we wrap up, because I was in my beers gear, beers gear, I've, I've never called it that before. I like yeah. it. In the morning when we were waiting in line, take a picture of me and Ian, sent it out over to our friend Veers Watch, asking who watches the Veers Watch. And when we were headed up to the university stage for that KOTOR run through, I happened to walk by him. While he was in line for the Lucasfilm Publishing Group. And the only reason I saw him was because I walked further than Ian. Because Ian stopped to read a sign and didn't tell me. And then I had turned around. And as I was turning, I saw him like, that guy looks familiar. And then he waved at me. I'm like, I think that's Veer's watch. Which was fantastic. Because two years ago, he sent out a tweet. He came up with this acronym to describe Veer's armor. Or by giving his armor a a name or like a system sort of thing. Uh, and he called it the variable environment engagement response system. So I took that tweet and I turned that acronym into like a placard that you would put on the inside of military hardware. Mm-hmm. It's like department of the Imperial or department of Imperial information or something like that. And then our like records or something. Yeah. And then I put a little line at the bottom that said director of defense initiative for him to sign. And then I made another one for the helmet using the acronym WATCH for Wearable Armor Tactical Communications Helmet. And did the exact (laughs) same thing. And you can see these all on our Twitter from, if you go look them up from two years ago. Best of luck. And Beers himself might have posted pics of them. And I know I did. Beers watched himself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Julie. I don't think Julian Glover cares. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I I had taken these, these, these labels and I got them printed on a metallic silver like vinyl so it looked like they were metallic and i told viewers i viewers watch i had printed these and they're ready for him at celebration 2020 and then that didn't happen and i had reached out to viewers watch a couple weeks before the con saying hey man i got this viewers armor i'm not going to be wearing it all con if you want to borrow it just let me know i can't think of anyone more Anyone more appropriate to wear Thank the you, armor? appropriate to wear it. The only problem is I don't think my uniform will fit you. He politely declined, but I said, hey, regardless, you're going to try on that helmet. Nothing's going to stop that. And then, of course, if you want to borrow that, but he also declined that when we met. But we got a, some great pictures with Veer's watch and finally got to give him his his Veer's watch armor placards, which was super awesome. And, and he signed uh, he signed yours, right? Yeah. 
Lastock, whatever his canon name is in Star Wars. Lastock, I believe. Because he's a man who created a Twitter handle to look for out for one character and now has another character named after him who saved General Veers in his story. And I mean, if that's not the goal of any fan of something, I don't, I don't know what is. Absolutely. Like, we, we ran into a steal from the Steel Wars podcast. Also, I think that same day. And uh, he was uh, in Obi-Wan. He got to be like a background character. And, you know, that's something that's like really cool about being a Star Wars fan is that if you are dedicated to spreading a positive message about Star Wars and being a good uh, public like force in the community, Lucasfilm takes notice of that kind of stuff. Mm. Veer's watch is is a canon character now steals dumb face is going to be on my television screen like that, you know, and that's, that's super cool. Like I'm, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, they got special treatment or anything like that. No, it's, it's, it's really cool that the communities that we are a part of are rewarded for their positive experience that they give to other fans like that, that that's something that's really awesome. And and that's also something that I wish I would have thought about a bit more before coming to this con. We wish that we would have been more active in this podcast so that when we went to the con and saw all these other podcasters and people we know from social media, that we would have been, I guess for me, it was, I would have been more comfortable going up and interacting with those with people if we were still doing yeah. If we hadn't been on hiatus for such a long time. Well, like, yeah. I think there was one point where you were just like, hey, the Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained are behind you. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, you know, well, I thought about so going up I, and talking to them. I but... use the Hot Topic Twitter as basically my own Twitter at this point. And even though, like, we haven't been recording or anything, I've still been using it to, like, to stay up to date on Star Wars news, and since it's 90% other podcasts, I get a lot of information that way, and throughout right. the con, starting on Thursday, we'd be walking by somebody, and I'd be like, oh, hey, I think that's Katrina, somebody that I know solely from Twitter, have never interacted with, but I see her takes uh, on different things all the time. That was happening, um, like, all weekend, is people that I know I've seen their faces. I have seen their thoughts on different things, but I felt weird going up to talk to them because they don't know me. Right. I felt stalkerish because I know them better than they even know who we are. Right. And if we had still been doing the podcast, we could have just been like, oh, hey, yeah, we're Hot Topics. I don't know if you know us from Twitter. And they'd probably like, oh, yeah, I've seen the name. That would have been easier to do. Like yeah. Steel, we've interacted with Steel enough that... I could go up to that guy and be like, hey, how's it going? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember your face vaguely. <laughs> uh, and same with with Veer's watch. Like we we had him on as a guest in that brilliant piece from a couple episodes ago where I was completely blindsided by his deep dive into General Veer's. Absolutely loved that. So getting to see those people was was another sort of benefit of celebration and if i if we were to go again i would focus more on that hopefully we'll take this opportunity right. this restart to continue to put out podcasts you know i i feel like we've had enough of a refreshing reboot here you're, you're not rid of us yet 
what else did we do on Thursday? After meeting viewers, watch everything else was a blur on Thursday. Uh, <laughs> we did the Kotor panel, right? And and then I think we wandered around again. You got some pineapple lemonade. Yeah, I got pineapple lemonade all three days that I was there. <laughs> And uh, it was delicious because it tasted like pineapple, but it had the smoothness of lemonade. Friday was probably my favorite day because I, I don't I don't remember anything else we did on Thursday. So I'm just going to jump into Friday. Friday, the costumes we wore. I've been working. I, I've One of them I've had for years, much like my beer's armor. And but this year we added a new flavor to the costume, which was Ian got to join my Star Tours costuming group, which consisted of me. My friend Catherine, and now Ian. Unfortunately, yep. Catherine couldn't make it, so we didn't have like a full crew. But Ian's costume, which we'd been working on for on and off for, I guess technically two years now, maybe three years. Well, yeah, we were we were really we were trying to get it done before 2020, 2020. celebration, and then it got canceled. So it just kind of sat in the back shelf for two years. Mm. So his costume was an X-wing style flight suit, uh, but done in blue with orange accents so the pockets the belt the collar the sleeves they were all done in orange to maintain the star tours iconography 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 i i'm not sure you can iconography uh and then ian found this amazing fall harness yeah that was an orange and blue nylon webbing strapping yeah yeah which we needed to modify because it was a little too tight on him which is how it's designed to be because it's a fall safety thing. And if you've ever been rock climbing and you have your harness on too loose, you know how it hurts when you fall. This was designed to not do that, but we wanted to make it look loose and baggy like X-Wing pilot harnesses. So we added some fabric. And I also wanted to be able to move without hurting myself. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we threw threw a, a pair of goggles on real quick, like um. Uh, like Buddy Rook style uh, goggles and print 3D printed out some tools and it like it it worked out really good. And then my costume, if you haven't seen it before or heard us talk about it, it's an Imperial officer uniform, but in orange and blue. Yeah, that, and then that was obnoxiously probably, 70s looking headsets. That was that was probably the best. That was my favorite day as well, because that was the day that we got stopped the most for people wanting to like stop and take pictures of the mm-hmm. costumes. And that was it was really cool to see all of your work on those get appreciated by the Star Wars community as a whole and like if there was ever a place where people were going to really appreciate those costumes it was there. There was a we even got on the official D23 Instagram post came <laughs> around and and I only Got heard it. about it because neither of us follow that that Instagram. I heard it through it from my friend Catherine, who, like I mentioned, is part of has a Star Tours costume as well. And she just said, "Hey, I love your costumes." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because she texted me, like, "How did you see these?" Uh, my friend saw you on the official D twenty three Instagram. Uh, he's like, "Hey, look at these dorks!" And then she was like, "I know these dorks. <laughs> I have one of those costumes." Uh, so that was I'm cool. one of I, those dorks. <laughs> I had no idea that that camera guy part of the d23 fan group so that was oh cool. yeah much like after beating beers watch most of that day is kind of a blur but we did keep running into other people in star tours costumes uh one of the guys that 
had that star speeder vehicle that that he had mentioned before was there and he had a a replica uniform made so he looked more like uh, what they wore in the park i think in the mid 90s i believe Mm -hmm. not the one with the the orange design going down the middle from the shoulder down the middle people that know star tours know what i'm talking about (laughs) right another highlight of that day was going to the galactic star cruiser booth and jokingly talking talking crap to the employees the halcyon people yeah Yeah. um and then and then actually talking to them about actual like why they're actually there but just just playing around with them and it was fun because they got in on it real quick too oh yeah you're just like why would you want to like take a cruiser to you know your destination we'll get you there quick and they're just like well you know some people want to fly in in comfort like comfort and yeah it was great (laughs) It was, it was a good time. Towards the back of the room, I guess the back, there was a droid racing arena. And that day, just uh, one of the droid builders had built a replica of DJ Rex, but had muted the colors and called him Gil. If you're watching the Star Wars Celebration live stage, he was Cambot uh, every now and then. Yeah, he was the official Cambot. They also had a straight up regular Captain Rex droid, which we got to see later on stage uh the last thing we did that day was go to a star tours retrospective panel which was anniversary of, of it opening it was fun i did not expect ashley Eckstein to be the moderator i don't think anybody was expecting that no i was very confused and immediately thought that she was coming out to announce that somehow ahsoka was going to be associated with the next version of star tours yeah they didn't mention another version of Star Tours. Uh, they did mention that more, more destinations, destinations were coming. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was excited to see that Tony Baxter was there, who is a Disney Imagineer. He's done a, a lot of stuff that I've very much enjoyed over the years. But before the panel even started, we showed up to get in line about an hour ahead of time. There were about fifteen people in front of us. Yeah, and that's the about very, right. Very first guy in line was another guy. And a replica Star Tours cast member costume. We didn't immediately go up to him because somebody randomly with a backpack came up to us and said, hey, guys, you look like you belong here. Take these tickets, come back in 15 minutes before the panel, and they'll get you in. They were just fast passes for this panel because we were in costume. Yeah. And I felt really bad for the girl that was sitting next to us that was like, what are those? And then like the guy left and she didn't get one. So we just kind of got out of line and went up and talked to talk to the guy in the Star Wars, Star Tours costume, and I found out that he's somebody that I follow on my personal Instagram. We just post cool, like, Star Tours, Miria, Ephemeria, you know what I'm talking about? Ephemera? That's the word. Iconography, geography, Ephemeria. Um, we we just spent thing. four days at a con. We've got con brain. I'm also, it's, I'm also fine. good words, no bad talk do sort of guy right now. Uh-huh. So we ended up talking to that guy for, like, an hour or so. And I did feel kind of bad because he was there. Well, it looked like he was there with his friends. And we just kind of kept like, we just kind of bogarted him away because we were just talking about star tours and like costuming and stuff. So the panel starts, we go in, they discuss the the creation and the idea of star tours. Uh, I won't get too far into it. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to see the panel yourself, it's actually on it was, the yeah, day it's one that was recorded. stream. Yeah. Yeah, they they recorded it and then rebroadcasted it for the Sunday uh, stream on the Star Wars Live thing. So you can go check that out. I think it's around two hours into the day of the Sunday stream. So it it was really interesting. I recommend checking it out. 
at some point they started talking about the adventure continues and I fell asleep and don't care about it. (laughs) (laughs) Cause as I had to keep reminding people, I haven't been to Disneyland since before that was changed over. So I have never actually fall asleep. No. Okay. (laughs) Me, me Me and the guy whose name I do not remember. We're cracking jokes the whole time, like really stupid jokes. So the panel ends, and as everyone's getting up to leave or, like, trying to rush up to the stage to take pictures of the the droid builders had brought their had brought Gil and uh, RX-24 uh, yeah. droid up to the set, and they were, like, moving them around during the uh, panel. I saw a, a lady in a Star Tours flight attendant outfit, which I thought was funny because I had made one of those previously. Totally different design than mine, of course. And as I'm about to ask her if we could get a picture with her, she's like, you guys are coming with me. And we're going over there I'm like all right so we go over there and there's six other people in star tours outfits including uh an older lady that built a star speeder around her scooter electric scooter um who had I'd, I'd, i've seen a con since like maybe four or five years and mm-hmm. after the con um, i was looking up star tour stuff on on instagram and they've been dressing in those costumes since at least 2013 oh wow yeah dedicated that's impressive but what I found really funny was throughout the day, people had been saying "bye bye" to me, and <laughs> I had thought all day that everybody was referencing a Saturday Night Live sketch from the '90s with uh, David Spade. David Spade. They I kept on say Chris Spade. I don't know who that is. Uh, where they play very rude flight attendants, and as the planes deboarding, they just kept saying "bye bye, bye bye," and that sort of thing, very rudely. And it wasn't until I saw a girl dressed up as the CG flight attendant from uh, Adventure Continues that I realized that that was a Star Tours reference. And Uh when I messaged my friend Catherine about that, uh, she just responded with, in all capital letters, dude, very disappointed in me. Yeah, we really need to get you into the park, man. Do do we? (laughs) I mean, I can just watch them on YouTube. No, we don't. There's, there's no. There's we no live captain, in. So, we live in Southern California. The only pilot I trust. We have a. We have a free. Theater. We have a free place to stay if we would go up to Disneyland. That's like three blocks away from it. There's no reason for us not to go. It's and seven. Take you there. Seven blocks. Whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's 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 many, not a, many, no. Many years of just being dropped off there to have the cast babysit. Uh, me and my cousin at 10 years old. Uh, I know how far away it is. Okay. Well, <laughs> then you you know even more so how we have no excuse for not not getting you in there. So that's that's going to change soon. I will I will drag you there myself. That was that was Friday. Uh I also picked up uh, uh an art piece that day and it was a signed numbered print by uh one of the artists in their miniature artists. I'm not even going to call it an artist alley artist corner, <laughs> but it was a, it's a, it's a really cool piece. It's kind of in that vintage, like forties, fifties advertisement type thing that I really like. It'll fit well in with uh, my propaganda poster collection and stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, but you had a, you had a, a, an interesting, you had a, you had a solo adventure on uh, Saturday. Yes, yes, I did, because I had a four-day and did not have a four-day. So I had one day, I showed up a little bit later, went through an entrance that I hadn't used before, 
got flagged by the metal detector because I was wearing my punk rock vest, which is a punk rock vest just covered in Ewok stuff, but it's also covered in metal. <laughs> security security guard knew exactly what the problem was before I even walked up to him to show what was in my backpack, which was nothing. Uh, yeah. I wasn't there a, a ton because I just kind of wandered around the hall, saw people from Twitter that I knew, but that didn't actually know Twitter, Twitter friends. <laughs> and um, I did get to go to one panel, probably the the panel I was most excited for. The search was panel was great because I was wearing a costume, but. So I got to go to a panel uh, called Celebrating the Ewok Adventures on the fan stage. The panel was hosted by the podcast Guy Walking Through Neverland. They did an amazing job. Also had Eric Walker, who played Mace Tawani. Kevin Thompson, who played Chuck Truck, which is fun to say over and over again. And <laughs> as well as Tracy Thompson, who had written a book about Kevin. It's called... Um, uh, my journey to Endor, which is detailing from when he auditioned all the way through Return of the Jedi type stuff. It was a super fun panel, um, mostly for me because I am 90% sure that the Ewok movies were my introduction to the entire Star Wars universe. So they always, I'll always find them amazing movies, even though they are terrible movies. They are also amazing movies. The second one's not the worst. I learned that. In the first movie, uh, Sindel Tawani, the actress couldn't read and they had a really hard time getting her to speak loudly, it sounded like. So they dubbed her voice with a different actress. And then really? in Battle for Endor, she was able to use her own voice. So if you ever watch them, it, you can tell that she is a little bit more ADR than everyone else. Interesting. Yeah. But they did a, uh, they reenacted one of the scenes where. They meet Chuck a truck and Mace needs to enlist him to join the caravan of courage. See what I did there? And hmm. they have an axe throwing contest, uh, which uh, Mace throws an axe at a tree. And then Chuck a truck throws an axe at the handle of the axe in the tree. And they brought them off the stage and they had them read the lines over. And then they threw an axe into the audience. Uh, not intentionally. <laughs> They threw an axe at the wall directly in front of the audience, and it just kind of veered into somebody filming, which uh, was funny. Oh uh, yeah, that was that was probably one of those weird highlights, one of those like weird panels where like, I I didn't have an expectation uh, of what it would be. Right. I was just excited, uh, and they mentioned that it was the first panel at a celebration to bring up the Ewok movies to to mention that they even exist. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but it was fun because there was fantastic. a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, and Eric talked about the differences between the director of of the Ewok Adventures versus the the times when George Lucas would show up on set, and like just completely different like directing skills. Oh, I or bet. Uh, not skills, but um, methods, styles. Yeah, yeah. But after that, I pretty much walked the floor and and then decided to bail early. <laughs> Uh, because I had, I still had a Mud Trooper costume I needed to finish on Sunday. And what I hadn't been mentioning up until now was anybody in a Mud Trooper costume, I would beeline for. And like, I wouldn't tell Ian. I would just like, I got to go. And then I got to go run to talk to somebody. Because I had a lot of questions about the costume, like the armor, the green I painted. It wasn't, it was too dark. My My tunic that I had handmade was too brown 
it used to be gray and then I dyed it green and then it turned brown. And I was really hoping that somebody had a kit from the company I bought mine from to compare it to because the the 501st Spec Ops forum that has all the builds for it, everyone uses a fiberglass or a 3D printed build. So my armor doesn't quite match up with their armor. So like the first day I ran into an iCat driver or the um in the second season of Mando when they go steal that truck or drop to go hijack that truck. Uh, that's basically right. my trooper armor with the tank driver helmet. Met a guy that had the same armor company that I had, and he he pointed out some things that I could work on. On Thursday, I ran into a guy in full mud trooper costume, and he's like, I'll be wearing this all day tomorrow. You come find me. I'll, I'll help you out. And then he had to go take off. Saturday, I also ran into, like, I saw them all outside in the morning when they're taking their group pictures. There's probably six mud troopers in the uh, specs op detachment was doing their group photo. I didn't want to interrupt them while they're at the fountain, so I went inside, did the right. uh, did the uh, Star Tours panel, came back downstairs to the big group club meeting area, and I couldn't find, I didn't see any stormtroopers, I didn't see any Imperial officers, I didn't see any TIE fighter pilots, like all the 501st guys were just gone. It was super weird. And then I found most of them in the lobby waiting to parade through the hall. Uh-huh. Um, which is great because I, I turned a corner and I was in the middle of a group of armored cavalry guys. So like ATST pilots, AT-AT drivers, tank drivers, AT-AT commanders, like, like General Veers. And that was the day I was also wearing my General Veers helmet uh, on my punk walk vest. And they all just kind of stared at me and like glared at me. And I understand because yeah. I would buy that helmet and not have a costume. It's, it's right. very weird. Like nobody wants that helmet except for Veers watch. and (laughs) the only human who wants that outfit or who wants that helmet but i did find one mud trooper who i was talking to outside Uh, he was giving me pointers on how to dye my cape how how to do the weathering i need to do and he mentioned that he was the first guy to get approved for the costume and then i immediately recognized him because i've been following his build on the special ops forum so it's kind of one of those weird like twitter friend things where like i i know this guy I know this guy's work so, so well. Like, I felt like I knew him, but, like, I didn't know him at all. Right. So after that, that's pretty much when I said, hey, Ian, come pick me up, because I got I got some parts of my armor I need to break so I can <laughs> reset them. I forgot about one thing on Friday that I cannot believe we forgot to talk about. John, we witnessed the running of the hoods. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. So excited about that... Star Tours. That was really fun. Uh, and what's the running of the like, hoods? The running of the hoods is a event that happens at celebration where a, a rebel hero is honored in the background of Empire Strikes Back when Cloud City is being evacuated after Lando betrays the Empire. There is a gentleman in the background who is wearing essentially an orange jumpsuit and is running around with something that was essentially an ice cream maker. The prop itself was just an ice cream maker. Now, that prop has since been uh, developed into a storage-carrying device called a Cantuna, but it, it literally just looks like an ice cream maker. And this character, whose name is Wilrow Hood, had a story made about him where he had some some information vital to the Rebels stored in that ice cream maker. And he's barely on screen. You you see him for two seconds. This is a great example of Star Wars just picking something random out of the background and deciding to go all in on it. 
So the running of the hoods is an event where a bunch of people dress up like Will Rowe Hood and they carry around mostly, but not exclusively, ice cream makers, run in a circle around the convention, chanting and screaming ice cream. Sometimes it's not just ice cream. We saw everything from a bucket of Jollibee to a toaster, I think. I've seen a toaster before. I've seen a stand mixer. Just really any appliance, small kitchen appliance you can get your hands on is completely acceptable. And that was, we 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 witnessed like the inception of it. We just happened to be in the area where they were all gathering and then saw the, the running happen. That that was definitely like a star tour, like a Star Wars celebration highlight. That's that's something you really can only get there, and that that made me feel good. I enjoyed that, and that brings us to uh, the last day, Sunday, where you wore your mud trooper. So how how was how was that? This is really your first full armor sort of costume, right? So one thing that uh, I did not mention at the very beginning is that this mud trooper I bought. In January of 21? That sounds yeah. right. January 21. It arrived in July. No, it arrived in June. Two weeks later, roommate Mike and I were kicked out of our apartment. I wouldn't say kicked. We were told, hey, we're doing remodeling. Um, You need to leave. And then if you want to come back, you can. It's only going to cost $2,000 more of rent in, uh, a month in rent. So we left. <laughs> if we um, approve you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, came to the new place, sat in a box off and on for most of the year. And then I only started really working on it in probably April, towards the end of March and April. And with my goal being, I'm going to have this done by the end of April, May. I'm going to work solely on Ian Star Tours costume, which was mostly done at that point. But I wanted to like do a lot more accessories to it. Right. I, so I get it all painted. I get the tunic made, uh, the, the jacket made. I dye the jacket. The fabric came gray instead of olive green. So I tried to dye it olive green. It comes comes out brown. I try to dye it again. It comes out slightly less brown. A little bit An more Even green. more different brown. <laughs> and I gave up on that. I painted the armor. I found an off-the-shelf color that was close enough. And it looked good on each individual part. Which fine. When I started putting everything together, it was definitely the wrong shade of green. It was way, way too dark. So I get super discouraged about this. I'm like, I don't even know if I want to bring it. It's night. It's 98% done. Yeah, the color is wrong. It's going to take forever. So I was visiting uh, our buddy Trooper Mike our, or uh, owner of TrooperBay.com. Uh, great guy. And he mentioned that one of his buddies had matched the paint using using uh, color swabs, color sw- swatches, color swatches. And had a bunch custom made, put into spray paint cans and was selling them. So I asked uh, if he could reach out to him. He reached out. And this guy, Kevin, um, he was headed to celebration and he'd bring the paint and I could buy it at the at the con from him. I messaged him on Thursday. I didn't hear anything. I messaged him Friday. Didn't hear anything. Messaged him Saturday. Didn't hear anything from him until nine o'clock that night. He's like, hey, so, uh, sorry, I, I didn't get back to you earlier. But yeah, no problem. It's been a crazy week. And he was there with his whole family, too, yeah. which is like... And I brought my armor up with the idea that, oh, I'll get the paint on Thursday. I'll get it all painted to, like, the base color that I need. And then we'll be good to go for to wear Sunday. So I didn't get to do that. But I still decided to wear the armor anyway. I spent all this time working on it. I wanted to, I wanted to put it on and at least get a feel for what I would need to modify for the next time I wear it. Now, for the most right. part, it held together. 
Uh, there, my shoulders, it still rested weird on my shoulders, and the shin armor didn't stay the way it needed to. But the one nice thing was that I ran into first Mud Trooper to get approved again, and he gave me some really good pointers on what I needed to do to change it to make it 501st approvable, which is actually probably something I should have thought about, is that I should have wore it bad, in quotations bad, and then got opinions from the Mud Troopers I found. Mm-hmm. Which, if I'd known that, I would have worn it on Saturday when I would have ro- probably run into more mud troopers. Run into all of them, yeah. yeah. You did run into the uh, the the guy from the other day, though. That was the the original CRL for it, though. Yeah, that's that's the guy I just mentioned. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> my brain. Are are you also playing uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes while the other host is talking? No. Oh. Yeah, I'm not doing that either. I mean, my dailies are almost done, but... <laughs> I legitimately was, like, listening to what you said, and then there was, like, a point of, like, where my brain just didn't process words for a second. <laughs> oh, he wasn't in the Mud Trooper costume when we ran into him on, on Sunday. He was in on, a... Uh... Yeah, and I think that's I think that's why my brain yeah. messed that up. Anyway. So, uh, I did end up meeting up ignore with, me. uh, with Kevin... Uh, later, and he was able to give me the pain, and we spoke to him for a good bit, and he gave me some mm. good pointers on the armor, and some yeah, really, really, nice really good pointers on how to paint it, because it needs to be it's not just a green paint, but it's a green paint with a gray spray over it, and then you start adding all the like mud colors and stuff, because yeah. I guess Umbara or Mimban is has like a grayish mud, so that was cool, and I, I had one problem with the armor where I kept kicking the the Velcro holding my shin armor on, so it kept coming off. And because I couldn't bend over in it, Ian had to keep like going down to fix it. And then one of the the shoulder straps broke, but because of how I built like my almost immediately, yeah. And it was very similar shoulder strapping to my Veer's armor, so I I had I has a redundant strapping in it, but like the main shoulder strap that connects to the shoulder bulger and broke. But the the big rubber strap buckle that goes over the top of the armor is all velcroed down, so like nothing fell apart. Luckily, luckily. But yeah, I'm glad I got to wear it, even though it wasn't quite right. Ian had mentioned that throughout the day, you would hear like I would hear people say, "Oh, a mud trooper," but Ian would hear people say, "Oh, a mud trooper." I should really go back and watch Solo. Yeah, I, I heard at least three people say in any love i can get for that movie uh send people back is is very welcome apparently there were some make solo 2 chants happening at one of the main panels so that was cool yeah let's can't remember i think it was star wars explained that tweeted that what else did we do did we do anything else on sunday we left kind of early because we wanted to kind of left a little early i literally almost ran into doug chang on Saturday, on uh, on Sunday, yeah, he just happened to be walking around with maybe his family, and like I was not looking in the direction. I turned around; it was one of those, you know, like stop abruptly and be like, "Oh, sorry." And then by the time he had like already moved past me, I had processed the fact that, oh my god, that was that was Lucasfilm creative design director Doug Chang. Wish I would have processed that information. While he was still in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) I've been dealing with a back injury for like months. So I was really happy that I was able to get 
through most of the con without like literally toppling over. But Sunday, the last day, it was it was rough to just justify being there for the entire day, especially if we weren't going to any more panels or anything. So, yeah, that was like the day we, we uh, picked up a couple of blo- uh, Black Series figures. Kind of, kind of did like a yeah. little bit of shopping, but um, as I mentioned before, there wasn't a ton of stuff that. Yeah, I uh, I picked up that really cool Ahsoka hoodie. Oh, that's right. Yeah the 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 Ahsoka Trooper hoodie specifically, which is really cool. Maybe I'll post a picture of that. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, I think that was that was most of our adventure. So over overall, any final points you want to put on your Star Wars celebration experience? I know we didn't get in into any of the uh any of the things that were announced or revealed. Um right. I'm sure I'm sure most of you saw that stuff go up on Twitter. Uh I I do I did enjoy one thing that I I think we I both we both forgot about was Solo dropped a day early, or Solo, Obi-Wan dropped a day early, Obi-Wan. and we were at my cousin's house, and it was like 9.30 or something, and it dropped, or uh, we realized it dropped, and it was like, Ian, we have to watch this. We're going to a Star Wars convention. If we don't watch this tonight, all we're going to hear is people talking about it tomorrow, and we're going to get spoiled on everything. And then we watched it, and then we get to the con, and nobody was talking about it. And not like a nobody liked it nobody was talking about it it felt like everybody knew that they shouldn't drop spoilers right yeah there was a there was like an unspoken like law like the, the only time i saw it ever being referenced at all was um a guy showed up in a, a grand inquisitor costume uh and a couple of hasbro revealed like the uh, fifth brother and fifth sister seventh sister one of the sisters um, uh, figures. So, I mean, there are several sisters. They are numbered, so it's I, it's going to be one of those numbers. I know it's not the second sister, because that's Talia, right? Yep. What the uh, Talia? No, not Talia. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. I think you went Batman there for a I second. I did. I th- I'm thinking of Talia Al Ghul, which is which is <laughs> anyway. <incorrect. laughs> I was thinking of Trilla. I think that pretty much wraps up everything. Like like you mentioned, our celebration adventure. Overall, as much as that one thing at the very beginning annoyed me or kind of bummed me out, I I did really enjoy it. Compared to San Diego Comic-Con, I don't feel as tired as I do it at that one, but I think that one I do a lot more walking. The exhibit hall is a lot bigger. I feel like there's much more to do outside the con, but that might just be because we weren't looking for that stuff. Like, I, I know that mm-hmm. there was an event at Chain Reaction called Mosh Isley that I really wish I could have gone to because I have my punk walk jacket. And I grew, I, didn't, I won't say I grew up, but I went to a lot of shows at Chain Reaction. Steel did a Obi-Wan fanfic reading. Uh, I know a lot of podcasts did off-site things. It just, you know, uh, it just didn't work out that way for us this time. But... Right. For me, and and you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, for me, I think really what Celebration is, uh, what it could be, what can make it better for me, for for the show, uh, anyone, is just the connection with with other fans that we made. Um, The handful of people that we took more than 
five minutes to talk to. Those were my favorite parts of the show. Hanging with Beers Watch for a little bit. Uh, randomly running into other Star Tours fans. The guy dressed as an Ewok that just stood next to the panel table at the Ewok Adventures panel. Just with his dead... Uh, unofficial no, no, dead shark eyes. Uh, me, me-sized human in a to-scale Ewok costume with, yeah, his cold, dead non-special edition unblinking eyes just staring into the crowd <laughs> standing awkwardly for an hour that guy's my hero also when the, we were queuing for that panel the staff had commandeered him to uh be the be the uh the line guide so as soon as people would walk into the room where the line was starting they would just turn the corner and there'd be this giant ewok ushering them towards which corral i guess to get into it was ridiculous yeah. i mean so many people we talked to just had weird stuff that they were giving away the one star tours guy we stood in line with gave us these gigantic my other ride is a star speeder stickers we'd run into people that just hand us buttons that data pad builder gave us a ribbon to put on our badge a star tours flight attendant gave us a thanks for flying star tours ribbon just stickers and pins and things that i i wish i had thought of for our show to give away like, we had a handful of buttons mm. with us that we've had over the years. Uh, they look terrible. In fact, a bunch of them are actually unfinished, but I still cut them out and turn them into buttons anyway, like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, and I, I think that's what really what Celebration really should be, is is the fans getting to hang out with the fans. The, like, the, big, the big reveals and stuff, for the most part, those things were streamed. You could see them anywhere. Like I like I said earlier, I'm I'm not one for celebrity or getting autographs or don't don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like the 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 actors and the series. It's just that I don't I don't know what I would do with a a picture of Ewan McGregor. Like it would just go into a pile of other stuff I got that goes into a drawer. But it but like, uh, Veers Watch gave me a a General Veers playing card. That's going to be displayed above the uh, our miniature painting area. That star speeder sticker is no doubt going to be going on something stupid, like in the middle of one of my monitors or probably on my car where it should go. Those are the things that I wish I had spent more time doing or like hanging out in the front or the fountains and taking pictures of, of cool cosplays. I am far too introverted to ask people to take pictures with them unless it's involved in helping me fix my mud trooper. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, like I had a really good time. I also had a good time i think the next time i would go to a celebration i'd really want to i would like to try to get into at least one of those big announcement panels just not necessarily because i care about seeing the big reveal but i i want to i want to feel that energy you know being there with all those people who are stoked on it like that that's something i'd like to do and then i i do i agree with you i think i'd i'd like to focus more on connecting with other fans that are there and talking to people, taking more photos of people in costume, connecting more with the fans in that respect, I think would be uh, with other people who just really like this stuff. I think that that's something I, I would focus on more the next time I, I go. Uh, and I, and I would go again, you know, I, I would go again. We, we will come back and talk about Obi-Wan. I think we'll, since it's a six episode series, we'll kind of come back and do a full, our opinions on the whole thing after it's done. And maybe when we do that, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the, the our expectations for some of the revealed projects. And then we also want to get back to doing what this podcast 
was meant to be at its inception, which is more random Star Wars topics. Not necessarily what the new and hip happening thing is every day, but the the random, you know, hey, you know what? Today I feel like talking about Inquisitors or I feel like talking about the craziest returns in Star Wars, which is something that we uh, we can really relate to now considering how we have just reappeared from nowhere. So if you have any ideas for uh, stuff you'd like to learn more about or force us to research or uh, just generally want to hear talked about, please let us know. Uh, Hit us up on the social medias at Hothpod or uh, email us at hothpod at gmail.com or stop by the website, hothtopicspodcast.com. These are all ways that you can get in touch with us. Uh, I've been Ian. I've also been here. That was John. Thank you much. Thank you much. Thank you very much, everybody. We will see you next time. I will say, though, that when I was at Disneyland, uh, at Downtown Disney, uh, getting those Star Tours patches. There were two kids who were kind of, they had toy lightsabers and they were play fighting outside of the Star Wars shop there. And one of the kids was singing the operatic intro part of Duel of the Fates. And they were just staring at each other until he got to the part. And then they started hitting each other with the lightsabers. So that was pretty cool. All right, good post credits. We can. There's nothing else. Bring you in Hoth or bring you in Hulk. Not so Hoth. <laughs> I put Colt. But aren't those the same thing? We can bring you in Hoth or we can bring you in Colt. Oh, Colt. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't hear the. Th-